with that no man let's get sh- shins did started man so welcome to the show man welcome to the lone wolf podcast oh wait is that a, is that appropriate to do hey oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer the lone wolf anymore, man. Every every time I got something, or got someone here in the in the show, man, they're part of the wolf pack, man. That's how we roll. Hey, that remind me of my community college days. <laughs> really? What was it called? It was a uh, Kapai Lincoln Community College. It was like um, they, we were the wolf. They called us the wolf pack. I think I think the I think they called the mascot with the wolf pack, not just the wolves, but like just. The wolf pack is the actual mascot. Oh, dope. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, you know, like, okay, you, we know the mascot is wolves, but it's wolf packed as if like we're here as a team. Like we do this together. We're in this, yeah. um, not by ourselves, you know? That's what's up, man. I like, I like that concept. I never heard of a, of a mascot, you know, that has like, mul- that has a reference of multiples, you know? It's usually is the, is, um, is oh this is a school's mascot one animal and that's and that's and that's it i had two school mascots in my time my one was the the cougars the other one uh, was, i had the, you had the cougars too in high school the first two years of high school that was my that me too <laughs> high school i i i in high school i had the cougars and then on my elementary school it was the comets like we were at a blazing comet never heard of that never heard of a comet <laughs> i'll tell you that as the wildest mascot you can ever possibly hear about because like why a comet like do we just like obliterate shit all around like i don't know man i don't even want to find out why we had a comet man it, it, <laughs> it may no. It, by the way it made no sense either um i was born and raised in puerto rico and i went my whole life into a American school that's set in Puerto Rico and that American school was known as the the Comets. Okay, cool. Like, and then you got other schools in Puerto Rico, which is like so stereotypical. Like I, even, even me, myself, I'm like, wow, I can't believe we actually have mascots like that. We Very stereotypical. <laughs> like stereotypical as if like there was a oh, school man. that I know that it was like uh, food wise, it was like the rice and beans of the school. I'm like, wow, okay. Oh. We had another one was the the snake because we had we had a bunch of snakes that we call it la culebra, and then the other one was oh, get this, we had one that was the rooster because we have farm animals. Like uh, yeah, every school had like a, a sort of farm animal because that's what we got. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not stereotypical at all. This is just who we are. Yeah, no, like it, it's fun. Mascots are fun. Yeah, I guess until they start going with the woke shit, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, yo, hey, yo, we might need to change this. <laughs> we might need to change this. It's like, I don't know, man. It is what it is. But let's not talk about mascots. Let's talk about you and you only, man. I like this whole VTubing thing that you're doing right now. This is dope. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to try something out new. I, I've kind of had the idea mm-hmm. like before I, I kind of wanted to do it in another project. So I wanted to kind of have like I kind of wanted to do a hyperpop project, like a collaborative project before. Mm. Um, but I, it never got off the ground. I kind of talked to it with um with it with a friend. Um, But I wanted to do like a hyperpop project, like have my friend right. kind of be more on the visual video editing side, me be on kind of like the music have a girl that's like on vocals and like mm. can be like a VTuber. That's kind of what I had in mind before. 
but you know, I, I feel like it's cool kind of how these things evolve and how I kind of integrate some stuff. Like, yeah. I like, uh, you know, I got, I like certain, uh, like VTubers and stuff, just random people. Like, uh, uh, freaking degenerate Nooks Takus. A lot of these VTubers are degenerate. I'm going to try to keep it like PG-13 for the most part. But hey, I ain't going, I ain't going, ain't going to shame the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, I've, like I told you before, I've never heard of this whole VTubing, it's VTubing concept I until I started looking at YouTube and saw people doing the whole VTubing thing. I'm like, holy shit, what is this? This is this is some next level. It's like they don't need to see your face. They just see your avatar and that's how you are. The cool thing about the avatar is that you can customize it however you want it. Right. A lot of, a lot of them have a dripped out. Um, pretty intricate designs, you know, just just straight drip earrings and jig, like hair can like move around and stuff like that. Mine's pretty simple. I'm probably gonna update mine to get my eyes to move. So basically, right. what I found out, mine, uh, my eyes are under the helmet. It's like a helmet added to it. Yeah, so yeah. My eye, I I didn't even realize I had eyes under there until like I used this other app that basically then spun me with the helmet on. Mm. I'm like, oh, I got eyes under it. That's why it doesn't move. But I'm probably try to get that like updated when I get when I raise the money for it. That's dope, man. So did you actually start it like going VTubing first and doing streaming stuff for game platforms or or was it the music first and then you just incorporated the whole VTubing into your own persona? So the music came first for sure. Um, mm. I've been making music for about 10 years. I used to have oh. I would say it's kind of evolved. It's like an evolving Elias, I almost because mm. um, I started out as this guy named DJ Mike CW, but I went ahead and kind of kept the logo but changed the name into Mike Shift. And then I've kind of gone with Mike Shift to kind of go into like this melodic, heavy sort of sound fired mm. by Asora. I remember when Asora came out and stuff, um, like when he was real, like I think I remember him like under like like right under a thousand followers i remember we had under a thousand followers and i was like uh it was real cool to see him like integrating that sound it was like okay that's kind of like what i would do if i put a vocodex on a bass or something like that mm. so I, I tried you know tried to emulate that for a while with my vocodex and trying to like you know get into other offshoots of dubstep like tear out and stuff like that recently Oof. um but try to try to you know just just hustle but have fun you know yeah Damn, bro. I mean, I absolutely love it, man. I saw, as soon as I found out you, you and sound and heard some of your songs, I'm like, holy crap, this shit is fire, man. And what you got yourself coming is a is an am amazing concept. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know anybody who's in the bass scene right now who's doing what you're actually doing right now. Like the whole, yes, I'm a bass producer, but I'm also, I do this as well. And I'm incorporating this as well. Like the whole VTubing thing. I feel like you're the only one, unless you know someone else who's doing this, you're you're the only I one. Know, uh, I think Jasmine does it. Uh, the other bass initiative winner, I think. From. Uh, I think she does it. Uh, JVZ men, like it's spelled Jasmine with a V. Oh, um, yeah. She does it. I don't know. She she doesn't seem to like. Um, I don't know. She like makes it into like the same thing. She doesn't mm. do. Um, she does. I think she does like gaming, streaming, and stuff like that. But I don't think she's like incorporated into like her 
into her oh. thing, into her like whole persona as as a like as a bass producer, you know. And I know I know some other ones that do like tutorials. They just do like tutorial videos mm-hmm. with the model. But um, yeah, I definitely wanted to. I kind of want to go into like I kind of want to be like the yummy. I kind of want to be like yummy. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of her from o- Ocean World. Uh, it's like Y A M E E. I think I might be spelling it wrong. But um, I feel like I have heard of the name Yummy, just not very too familiar. But I'm I'm pretty sure I have the, heard the name. Just had I just had a revelation. Okay, so yeah, that's like yeah. So it's it's spelled different, but it's supposed to sound like Yummy. Yeah. So like, oh, that's smart if they did that on purpose. I, I might be just looking stupid right now. I don't know. But uh, nah, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, but you you should definitely check her out. She's kind of like hip hop. I would I, w- I want to say hyper pop, but it's more just like trap with vocaloids. Vocaloids, mm. and it's really cool. She had a live show in um Atlanta and um freaking um Los Angeles. Yeah, Atlanta, Los Angeles, good good hip hop spots, I reckon. So um yeah, they had fun with that. They, they basically like it was basically this one guy he had. It. So he basically he has kind of like three four personas. And, he, and it's a guy, he has a friend that does like a lot of the visual stuff. Mm-hmm. He's more like, he comes from like the hip hop beat making world, I think. Mm. And um, But he kind of made his own personas, got his vocal lord things going. So he got his model, he got his uh, 3D models up in the screen and stuff. Everybody's singing along. It's, it looks like a good time. So I kind of want to rip off the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so now imagine doing, imagine doing this live, like this is like there's only one person that I know that has come close to to VTubing in a sense. And it's probably Skrillitz when he was yeah. on his mothership tour. That you that you know that he he was all dressed up, and then you see behind the the screening on the LEDs, and you see him like going like this, and then there's like a humanoid figure going like that as yeah. well. That was probably the only person that I know that has a that has done or attempted to done some crazy shit like that, you know. So it's it yep. would be dope if I see you on a live show and then you bring this whole VTubing concept as well on a live show, and I feel like people would just go ballistic about it. Yeah, I definitely want to get there. Right now, it's probably just gonna be kind of just set videos and stuff, mm-hmm. kind of like, kind of like a normal DJ. But you know, it it have my model in there every now and then. Yeah, but um, def- that's like like a later goal for sure. I think you know, hopefully one one day I get to do a headline tour. I ain't trying to be too big for my britches, you know. I'm just trying yeah. to be, um, hopefully get there someday and um, bring my homies with me. I like I I I don't like you know. I feel bad sometimes. I feel like people. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of judge me or feel like resentful that I have some things coming, and I feel like um, and it's like I don't I understand like something because I get jealous too. So I get jealous, I, you know. I got mm-hmm. jealous with seeing a lot, a lot of my friends come up and stuff like that. But I definitely want to wish them well. I say I say hey, sometimes I have to say like yeah, I'm jealous, but you know I wish you well, and you know I'm a repo- I'm a keep trying to support. But like yeah. what you're doing, like your songs and stuff, reposting and stuff like that. I try to mm-hmm. keep that going. Because I think most important thing with music in the industry and stuff like that is your connection and your French, really your, not just connections, but just straight friendships. Like who's your tribe mm-hmm. to, and just like you know 
having a, each other's back because it's it's cutthroat out there sometimes. I, I only know the like the tip of the iceberg, but like I know it, it can it's they probably get there, you know. Yeah, but I definitely want to. Um, I mean, you know, they say I'm not here to make friends. I I am here to make friends. That's me. I am here to make friends. <laughs> and and there's nothing wrong about that, man. And and everything that you say so far about the industry, you're right on point, you know. And they and that's and that's one of the things they said is like, oh, you know, the industry is not to make friends and make businesses. I'm like, I kind of want to push back a little bit on that notion to whoever says that. And a lot of um people says has has said that to me as well. And I tell them it's like, well, I mean, how do, how else do you do business if you don't establish friendship? You know, it, it's an right. it's it's a it's a form of relationship in a way. Call it call it like it is. It is a relationship, and relationship tends to be like either romantic or friendship or business wise. It's still a relationship. At the end of the day, the whole core is friendship. Like, how can I trust you to make a business with me if you don't trust me? You know, right. and like we have to know each other. We have to see like. Our, our like our ins and outs we have to feel it out you know and it's and in, in the long run you see like okay yeah he's my business partner but he's also a friend of mine yeah. so you have to establish a relationship and a, a friendship at least and i feel like that's like the best way to do good business in this industry you know because if you see if you if you take a look around uh, most of the people who are established artists right now, most of these guys, they grew up or they they got come up with the same people around. Like, for instance, yeah. the like I I was um, at the time that company was doing cymatics time company wasn't alone. Company had Wooly. He had phase one. He had. Adair, who was now Careless Castle, he had Sunday service. He had my my boy Needy Greedy. Like he had a bunch of people all around him. They're all friends of. They all went to the same, you know, not Needy, but all the rest of these guys. They went to the same school. So obviously, yeah. th th there's a level of friendship right there, and and they do, you know, and business with each other. You know, they tour around with each other. They do tracks with each other. When you're doing a collab, in a sense, that is a um. A, a term of business, you know, because you're getting paid, <laughs> you know, in, in by royalties. That's still business, but you, yeah. but for you to make up that business, you have to be friends with it, right? Or just you know, sometimes that that initial like, hey, let's make a collab is like the testing ground, so to speak. Like, hey, can can I trust you? Or you know, I'm, I'm sticking. I wouldn't say it's that that like riskier to like that, but you know, it's mm -hmm. just like you you getting to know a person. Sometimes you get to know kind of. A person and you think about their music a little differently mm -hmm. you actually do a collab and like okay because you know i had this guy um he was a friend a local local mm -hmm. from um new orleans in denver um he kind of goes through the two but he's i think he's going to be pretty big um mm. make a name for himself uh i'll, I'll go ahead and shout out Gorilla yeah T, like, shout, you know, shout out to it i want to know him Gorilla T. um I, I, I was working on a collab with him and it's just like, you know, when, when I started, I, you know, I had to think about, okay, what, what makes this music work? Cause it's, it, it does, he does have a good, um, his music does get, get a good crowd response. So I mm -hmm. had to like, think like, how can I match that? How can I not take away from that? How can I add to that? How can I um, build up to that? And so it was just like kind of center, centering the collab around that, like his best qualities and how can I bring out my best qualities and stuff like right. that. And like it took, Took it. We started it, sent it back and forth, went 
like kind of the slow point for like a couple months. But like this, then I when I got it to this last point, I was like, okay, that like it came out pretty pretty good. I'm I'm really excited for how they however wherever that finds a home. But um, yeah, it's just nice. Um, I think it's real fun to like work with different people and learn people. Absolutely, it's like like a puzzle. Like you know, how can I make this better? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, man. Because that's one of the cool things about, you know, making collaborations. I mean, the few times that I ever done it, it's only in the few because I feel like um, I feel like sometimes uh, I'm a I'm a bit impatient and I don't want to be on someone's ass all the time to ask them, hey, yeah. did you did you did the collab? Have you worked on it? What's the status of it? I hate doing that, bro, because it's like you're a grown man, like. You're, we're doing a collaboration. You should be as, as excited as I am to do right. this. And and then come to find out that, you know, like, oh, you're having a touch or even open the session. I'm like, so what was the whole point, you know? But the, the yeah. few times, the few times, I will say that few times like I've done with Needy and and Big and Slim and Infinite and Mantic, the those times were like very memorable because I never thought that whatever I had was gonna can be bigger than what it should be. Like those times, I felt was like, like ah, oh, I feel like I made it big. Like it's oh, this is a banger. Oh, and if he's gonna jump in, oh, it's gonna even get it better. When they jump in, I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I, I thought I had it here. No, 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 no. I had it here. They just put it right there. Like uh... what? Like what? I, I didn't even know you could even go further beyond. Plus ultra at that point, you know. I'm, <laughs> like I'm literally shocked of, of the collabs that I've done with these guys, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's fun. It's fun. Oh, absolutely. I like when people can take their like sound design and like do like a whole different thing with it, like right. How, like I didn't know you could eat. Like my, and I guess that's the beauty about doing the collaborations is the fact that, you know, your mindset was in a certain way. And then when you give it to someone else and someone else just like makes it like that, your mindset is like, I, I would have never thought about that. Damn. Now I want to sound like that all the time. Like, shit. It's it's one of those it's one of those great moments when you're collaborating with someone, you know, when you when you know you got something and then it all of a sudden it feels like, wow. Now, have you ever done a lot of collaborations lately or you're just, you know, starting off with people? Um, so I've done I say I've done about two or three collabs like this year, like like working on them at least. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more than that. It depends. Sometimes it even depends on what you call a collab because I did stuff at school too. I did like you know the vocal. Like I don't know if you heard the um beneath the mash remix, but that was kind of like part of my senior project at school. Oh, yeah. So I um, you know I I've worked with like some of my classmates, some of my um internet friends and stuff like this. Some people I met at shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I feel bad, you know. Sometimes I feel like you was talking about like how like you know people don't get the um collabs opening time and stuff like that. I like I kind of feel bad because you know sometimes I do that too. Sometimes I don't get oh. to things and life happens. Yeah. But um I respect I don't understand like on the other end of it too it can be frustrating cuz they you know some people you know they we want it. We all hungry, you know what I mean? But um yeah, I'm hoping to um get get to everything and kind of but you also give myself enough space to like have a mental break like break mm-hmm. um, 
uh, be able to prepare mentally to um, uh, keep going. It's a it's a marathon, as they say. Yeah, no, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, so sometimes some good projects do take take time. You know, and and I always try to find the reasoning why they take their time. You know, because I want to give them the benefit of that. It's like, well, you know, they, they got other projects. You know, like oh, they don't have the time, so. So I, I, even though I get frustrated myself, but I do, I do look at their point of view and I do always like, you know what, can't be really too mad about it. You know, they got some shit going on and whatnot. I don't want to add more to that shit. Yeah. But I, I really wish like, you know, everybody could just like work as fast as me or work as fast as the other guys, but yeah. everybody's different, you know, and, and you can't yeah. force that. And especially if it's a good project that you got, you can't force it like in it, it needs to have its time, you know, because if you yeah. want to get if you want to make it sound like it's a banger, banger, man, you need its time. You need its time. Now, I definitely wanted to ask you about this stuff, because obviously one of the reasons I found out about you was because of your recent, you know, winning with the whole excision fit and by the way congratulations on that thank you and well deserved man i read about the bio from the decisions page you know and why you should be part of it and i was like wow this is great you know and that's a great thing that Edition did like jeff did all this stuff for people like you you know to actually start a project and make it you know happen now when you won when you won did a lot of people start reaching out to you to do business or work or represent or any of that stuff? I think it's a few, like a few people did. Um, I had friends that just reached out. Yeah, I, I say a good bit of people did. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't crazy and like that, but it was like, hey, um, and, and some of the bigger stuff I had going, some of that was kind of in the works. Like I got a collab with a bigger DJ I looked up to for a while, mm. working on it with, it with another DJ. I'm gonna keep it secret. I'm gonna keep it a little. I'm gonna keep my mouth closed a little bit because I'm not sure if they want me to just be all out there willing to talking about don't, it. Don't 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 mention names. Don't mention this. Just say he's a big DJ. That's it. Yeah. Um. But um. We I, we've got that been had that working for a while. Mm. But um, it's it's pretty cool. Um. And you know, a lot of like even though I have people reaching out, it's like I kind of want to work with some of the people I know already. Like mm. like you know, I had photographers reach out. A lot of photographers reach out and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not knocking to work either, but it's like, I had a, I had a friend that asked me that I know. And he's like, yo, I know this guy. I've known his work and stuff like that. So it's like, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I say it's, it's been pretty exciting. I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I can't read. I don't even know where I'm going with this thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so like and the reason why I asked, because, you know, as, because this has happened to a few homies of mine. That and, and especially to me, uh, the reason I ask is because there are times in which you're trying to reach out to somebody, right? And you're done everything in your power and, you know, you want them to look at you and they don't look at you. And then when you all of a sudden someone takes a big leap at you, you know, in the case of decision, you know, they take a big leap and then everybody knows that, it, that you're involved and stuff. That's where it's like, oh, hey, man. Glad that you reached out to us, you know? And you're like, yeah, like, <laughs> bro, I've been reaching out to you guys like for a while. Now you respond. 
Now, because yeah. that decision put me on the map, because I won, now I could actually get all this, you know, fancy smashy stuff. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, Like, I, I mean, sometimes I've had that kind of thoughts, some thoughts myself, or mm-hmm. even if I hadn't reached out to people, it's probably, I don't even know, that's probably worse. But like, you know, I've, I've kind of developed, like, I, I, I can ask for stuff sometimes, but it's just, right. sometimes I just know it's not like, you know, sometimes I don't take the risk like I should, I think. Uh, and I get a look, you know, I have, um, what's the word? People don't like rejection. You know, people don't like to be rejected. But sometimes yeah. you just have to, you just have to grit your teeth through it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's rough. Like I'm big on like, um, psychology and mental health. Oh, um, but, um, the freaking, uh, I don't know. Re- rejection is just one of the things. Sometimes it, I think with me, it might be, I don't know. It's just one of the things I, I'm not big on it. But um, it's just one thing that I feel like I have to get kind of desensitized to it sometimes too. Mm. It's hard when I when I fall off that bicycle of like dealing with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I feel you, man. And I experience rejection on on a weekly basis, man. Like if you if you have any idea, um, how many times I try to reach out to artists whether of all sorts of levels, it doesn't matter. It could be like an established artist. It could be a low, you know, up and coming artist, or it could be like in the middle ground. If you have any idea how much rejection I get that you'll be surprised how I'm still yeah. nonchalant and cool about it. I can just like, mm. be- absolutely. Yeah. Before, before, like I, before, before doing interviews and whatnot, absolutely. I hated the notion of rejection. I hate when labels rejected my song, even though my song is like, it's good. It like, it fits your needs. Like, I don't know. After that, I was like, you know what? Fuck this, bro. Like, I'm going to do this on my own, man, because I'm going to get rejected all the time. I might as well, you know, breathe with it, you know, and do something about it. So what I do is like, the way I look at a rejection, it's like, that's fine. A door closes, another one opens. Yeah. And sometimes the door that opens is the better is the better door. It just yeah. it just presents yourself, you know? So that's how I look at it right now on um, rejection, especially now when I'm trying to ask for artists and uh content creators. Uh who else did I I get rejected? Oh yeah. <laughs> like fucking promoters, like labels agents and representatives and managers i get rejection all the time you know i'm like damn bro like i'm trying i'm just trying to give you a free interview you know yeah a a free exposure for yourselves you know that's all i'm trying to do and have us have a sit down with you and it's like all right but whatever i i don't sweat about it because every time i get those rejections something great happens and something did great happen after after like 20 rejections i get like free different acceptance saying like yeah i'm down for it let's do it i'm like well fuck yeah yep that's all i need that's all i need free out of 20 that's fine by me that's all i care man and i keep it coming i keep it going man i'm not stopping man yeah man like this, this is this game is brutal and it's something that you mentioned about you saying like you know how deep cut throat this industry is and you're just only scratching the surface you know and and this is like one of those times in which I try to guide people like you as much as possible and let them know just like 
keep an eye on this, you know, and yeah. try not to do this or that because I've 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 gone through the I, I I didn't touch the water. No, I've gone through the ocean and roll with the ocean. And then sometimes the ocean just takes me on its currents and then just spits me out out of nowhere. I've gone through a lot of shit, man. Like you you wouldn't even believe like in fact, I'm going to give you this opportunity. Like ask me anything about the industry, anything, anything that you want. Like it don't matter. And I'll give you a straight answer about it. What you think about um, shit? Now it it went went out of my head. Uh, So did you work? um, So you was did you work as an artist, or were you like involved in like um, like management or something like that? So I work as an artist. Uh, I started my career as a as a DJ um, fifteen years ago when I was. Over 15 years ago. It was 17. I started DJing when I was 15. I'm 32 right now. And I started my life as a DJ. And because that's what I feel like me being a DJ was the only thing that made sense in my life. It was the only time in which I felt like the most alive, you know? Yeah. And then later down the road, they tell me, oh, yeah, if you want to play in festivals and uh, and you want to tour and why not? So I was like, I was never a producer to begin with. I became a producer late, mid, late in my career. But I was always intrigued with music. And I was fascinated with learning music and whatnot. So when I moved from Puerto Rico to Miami, where I'm, which I'm currently living right now, I, I, I went to school for audio engineering. And they had one of those courses. And that same course was my good friend, Nitty Gritty. And we oh. and we and we graduated together. And but it, here's the thing. I I was trying to learn how to make music. He was already a musician as it is when he was we went to school. Yeah. So when I saw him, I I the first thing I had in my head is like, this kid's gonna be bigger than the one he is, man. And I called it. I called it. And I, and you can <laughs> ask all his managers and all his people because they know me. We're all friends, and they'll always tell you, Oh, Wolfson, he's the day oneer. Cause he's he's like the day one person that supported Needy since day up. one, and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my friend. You know, I'm proud because he has accomplished so many things, and he's still accomplishing many things. But I was with him during his first Florida tour, and I was all his tours. You know, I was all like we. I drove him. I drove into all the Florida tours, like in Tampa, oh, Orlando, Gainesville, like um, Jacksonville, uh, Tallahassee, of course Miami. And I perform in some of them. I open up for him. But I was just basically a, a producer. You know, I started my career as Wolfson, the producer, you know, and I've been at it for quite some time. And then I took a hiatus. And I took a hiatus because I was going through some mental shit. And then luckily I met I met my my fiance. Shout out hey. to shout out to my girl, you know, and I met my fiance. I was much more open with my family and my friends. I started, you know, to play Yu-Gi-Oh competitively. That shit make me happy. I went to comic cons and shit. And yeah, I just did stuff that makes me happy. And then because I was doing stuff that makes me happy, I went back and forth to music once in a while. And that's how my collaboration with Infinite and Mantic came about. And I can't. And I can't wait to release it, man. Like, like, I can't wait for that song to be released. Um, but yeah, but even in the midst of all that, 
that's where I found podcasting because I feel like podcasting was the only thing that made me happy versus making music, which is wild, which is wild to me, you know, because I actually like the touring. I like the the DJing. I like the, the making songs with, with, with people and whatnot or, or release it on my own. But I, I felt like it was a constant pressure because yeah. I felt like I had to please others instead of pleasing myself. So because of that, I had to take a hiatus because I wasn't, it was not making me happy at all. And which is yeah. wild because I wanted it to make it happen. I really wanted it. But if, but if was, was it at the expense of my mental health? I was like, nah, I can't risk this. You know, I can't. But yeah. this one thing I get concerned too, because I, I mm-hmm. but I get scared because I get like, I work right now, I'm working kind of a, crappy job. I ain't going to say what, but I, I'll just say it's like kind of, I'll just say retail, you know, retail. I've been to retail. Yeah. Lifting I, stuff and moving stuff at retail. Yeah. Like I just say that much. And it's it, like, I don't want to like, it's kind of like, I, I want music to be like, I want to enjoy music and I do enjoy it in, in pockets and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I also feel like I try not to like sit down too much. And I'm not like just, you know, I'm not a bootstrappy guy nowadays, especially. I, I used to be Sort of like you gotta pull yourself up the bootstrap and keep going and the shonen mm-hmm. tropes and stuff like that, which I think could be good, good in certain doses. But I feel like sometimes our like American as a culture kind of like pushes that too hard because yeah. we need mental breaks. We're human. We need yeah. You know, sometimes we need help. We need help. We need that like help. Like like excision. Like I needed. I needed that help. Like I can't. I can't say I'm self made. I can't say mm-hmm. it's all. Like at the end of the day, like I'm. I'm glad. Like. You know, I'm, I can say like, hey, I had help from a friend. I can right. I can say this person did this, this person did that. Like it wasn't just me. And I, you know, sometimes I took breaks in between. So I, I definitely want to get better at that. Like even today, like I usually produce every morning mm. or do something, record a video. I'm trying to get into YouTube now. But like, you know, even after this podcast, I'm going to just, I'm going to try to chill today before work so I can like That's have some up. time to breathe in room and stuff like that. I agree. I agree. And it's always good to have that mental, you know, breather once in a while. It's good to take a break for the pa- a pause for the cause in a way, because, you know, if you just keep, you know, going at it nonstop, it's going to affect you negatively in a way, you know, and yeah, most of the time, that's how you get writer's block. Yeah. Because of that, you know, and because you're on that slum, you know, your creative juices has not been creative. And and I completely understand you on that concept because I know what it's like to work at retail. I used to work at Sports Authority before they ran out of business, which is why I was laughing my ass off when they did. <laughs> but I know what it is to feel working at a retail. And I also know how, what it is to work on a shitty job. My previous job is before the one that I have right now. Um, I used to work on the weekends, 12-hour shifts. Oh, man. What's that, FedEx? I don't, I don't want to call it out, but I was just like... Who does that shit? I, I don't know uh, other companies who does that, like the 12-hour shifts. I know mine was because I used to work in a club slash hotel. Gotcha. And I was the engineer, uh, the audio engineer for that. Well, but, ah. my, but my title was everything on that. You know, my title was... I'm a stage coordinator. I'm a director coordinator. Oh, I'm an audio engineer. I'm a lighting guy. I'm an LED player. I could be the DJ as well. If some of the DJs are not coming, somebody needs to cover that, you know, one hour before somebody comes. 
I have to be the dancer liaison, taking all the dancers from the green room to the stage. I'm also the artist liaison. I'm also the the VJ, the guy who literally plays on the LED screens and does all the crazy shit on the club. I'm also the lighting guy, like the lighting guy that does all the crazy gnarly shit in the lights when there's the clubs going hammer. Like I did everything. My job was just audiovisual, and I ended up doing mostly everything. It was completely exhausted, bro. And bro. it's twelve hours, five to five. 5, a, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Every weekend. Every weekend. So imagine I having... Know if I'll um, oh, go ahead. No, so I'll finish. Uh, imagine like literally working every weekend, Thursday to Sunday, going on a 5 and 5 shift. And your days off are Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, if you're lucky, you know? Yeah. So I imagine that your your only days off is those days. It's like, all right, let's go do something, and everybody's like, nah, we gotta work next day. <laughs> yeah, that's the real thing. Like, it's it's a give and take too. Um, I there's one thing I, I like the idea of having three days off, but I I do on my weekends though. That's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like it's a hard thing to like bargain for right now. Yeah, um, bro. But um, I, even then, I I get a lot of weekends off, but like at least. I work, I work from 2 to 11 mm. for most days. Mm. But um, if I work on a, like every now and then, I remember that first day I worked. It was my first day working. Yeah. I, I had a show that night in like the t- the town or whatever, yeah, the mm. city. And on um, Memphis, Memphis, I, I work in South Haven, Mississippi. Oh, okay. But, um, but um, I went, I had a, I had a gig in Memphis that same night. So it was like 2 to 11, I was working, 11, Live it to live at 30. I drove over there and 12 o'clock. I had to play, play the show. <laughs> Yo, that's like, that's some level of commitment. That's what's up. And I had to drive an hour to work too that day because I wasn't like I hadn't moved yet, I hadn't moved closer yet. So, like, yeah, that was a it was a rough time, but I was like, I'm like, I'm here, I'm here. Let's, I'm gonna I'm fuck shit up, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Holy crap, hey. I commend you for that, man. Good kudos for you to do something, man. That's called commitment, man. And I like that. Cause holy crap. The only time I've done something wild like that, uh, circling back to my boy Needy. Um, we went to Orlando for him to play on a show there in Orlando. And our tour manager at the time, he was telling us like, we need to go back to Miami, like after the show. I'm like, the fuck you mean we have to go back to Miami? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, because I got to go wake up and spend time with my son. And then I got to go back to work and I'm on, on the studio and this and that. I was like, dude, you. F- OK, you know, OK. All right. I, all right. All right, bet. So you're telling me I'm not going to drink that night. You're telling me I, I can't drink? I have to be the designated driver? It's like, well, you put, you sign up for this. It's like, oh, my God, Mike. So we literally did the show. The show didn't end until 2 a.m. That's where everybody started kicking out, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right. We, we, we stayed for Orlando a little bit just to eat something. And out in my head, I was like, all right, guys, time to go. Time to go. Time to go. And it's like, no, relax, Wilson. Let's let's get something to eat. Let's just, you know, chill and relax. I'm like, it's like, okay, cool. 
I, but I just want to go home now. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. Because they were all giddy up and they were promising. It's like, no, no, it's okay. Wilson, don't worry. We got you. Like, we'll switch turns. You know, we'll switch turns. Like, you take a, what? you'll take an hour. I'll take an hour. He'll take an hour. It's like, all right. Oh, you know what? All right, bet. Bullshit. I ended up driving the whole fucking free four hours. Oh, my God. These motherfuckers, the moment we landed on the car, we started laughing our ass off. And 20 minutes later, all three of them started sleeping. My tour manager, Needy, and I, and Shindo. Shout out to Shindo. You know, he was in the bad seat. They started sleeping. They were knocked <laughs> the fuck out. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm the Bro. one who has to end up driving. What the fuck? Fuck, bro. Five hours, no, no, bro. I can barely do three. I can barely do three in one day. I did it once, but I'd be miserable. I hate it. I hate. I hate the three-hour drive. Yeah, you, you, bro. I, I, here's the thing. I don't mind doing the three-hour drives as long as I know that there's nothing that I have to do that day that requires me to like. I'll have to drive back again that day. Yeah, it's six hours in total that I drove. Six hours. In total, it's probably seven because I had to do stops, you know, to pick them up and then drop them them off in their own respective homes. So I was like, fuck me, bro. And once in a while, motherfucker needy goes like, wakes up and say, like, hey, Wilson, you all right? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, I'm all right. And he goes like, all right, cool. It goes back to sleep. I'm like, no, bro. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm falling asleep. I don't know what's going on. Oh, shit. Have you ever dis disassociated while you was driving? Like, been like, um, like, with me, like, I used to have, um, before I can even learn how to drive, I used to mm. have, like, nightmares that I was driving, but I didn't know how to drive. Like, I, so I was, like, driving, like, places. I used to have bit, like, not a fear. Yeah, I would say kind of like a fear of bridges and stuff like that. Big bridges and oh. big objects. Like I used to have a bad fear about that. I'm a bit a lot better now, but like you know, every now and then I drive from I drive in uh, Memphis. I cross a bridge and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's just like oh my gosh, it's a bridge. It's the big bass pro shops and all that stuff. And it's like um, it's like what am I doing here? Where am I? What is my life? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. I'm a, and I'm and it's ironic because I currently live with my fiance on a third floor apartment. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then, and in those situations when you say it about the bridge, oh yeah, bro. I I sometimes I don't think about it too much about it, but the moment I I turn myself to the left or to the right that I'm in a bridge and I see like, huh. Like any given time, this car can flip over and then I'll be down there. Yeah, <laughs> I do get I do get sometimes that. Yeah. And then if I go and it's either the bridges that freaks me out once in a while or fucking truckers, man. I hate. Oh, I, I was I was thinking about making a tweet just to be silly. Like, um, can, is it OK to be racist against freight trucks? <laughs> 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 hey, uh, I, hey, I'll sign up with I'll sign up with you on that one because like <laughs> fuck, bro. And 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 you know what's fucked up about it is that sometimes these truckers are a bunch of a holes. 
Yeah. Yo. Yeah, I, I try to stop myself from being one back, but uh, but yeah, I, I hate it. It seems like the bigger they are too. Like, so there's like these big ones that carry like two freight sweater. It seems like they go right. I guess they have to us for some reason or not. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just big bullies. No, no, know. no. They're you said it. They're bullies. They don't have to because every I I found out about this later on. Every truck, whoever does uh those big freight trucks, they have a speed limit. And they're not yeah. supposed to be in the left lane at any given time. So when yeah. when when there's a speed limit indicating, let's say, uh, oh, speed limit to the highway, 70 miles. Trucks are supposed to be 10 to 15 below that speed limit. And they always go above and beyond the speed limit. And, and fuckers always try to be in the left lane. They're not allowed to be in the left lane. They're supposed to be in the right lane. Unless it's at the two lane. They're supposed to be in the right lane or middle lane. They can't be in the left lane because left lane is designed for people going fast. Right lane is, is designed for trucks and people who want to go slow. Now, once in a right. while, if a truck wants to pass a slow guy, that's all right. That's that, all right. Warranted, I guess. I, I get it. I get, I get it. I get it, too, when it's like con like if they're trying to keep the road from being too congested or something like that. Yeah. Like it's still, it's just like you just it'll just just be a random just two freighter just like yeah like just about taking the side of my car out almost. Dog and and the worst ones are the ones who are always carrying um like not the not the freights itself or the containers. It's open shit like let's sample wood, yeah. like yeah. big trunks of trees they're carrying or um what's my favorite ones the the fucking. Uh the the construction the, the construction oh. car uh, you know trucks you know you know the ones that they have the oh construction my. equipment on it yeah the construction equipment but also the mechanical ones like the finger and the and the uh the oh my god the I'm going yeah stuff like that yeah. Like the stuff that you say that it's open and and yeah the cars and stuff when you got like twenty cars all behind your behind your ass, like yeah. I I get some Final Destination vibes yeah. every time I see that shit. I'm just like, I'm literally behind this asshole, and any given time this shit could just like go sideways. <laughs> Yo, my free girl's nuts about it. I I overthink shit, bro. But it, it goes it goes like that, bro. Yeah, I just I, I just try to like, you know, I just be I just rest solace in the fact that I can kind of desensitize myself at, from it after a while. But it's like, you know, I get I get it. You know, sometimes when you haven't drove in a while, drove on an interstate or something like that, it's yeah. just like, oh, shit, this shit. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Straight up, bro. And, I, and and especially on bridges, there's a lot of bridges here in Florida. And there's a I big, imagine. Yeah, there's I know there's a big one that that you get to to get to Tampa holy crap I don't know how how many miles that bridge is but I, I swear uh, to you I swear to you it took me like at least a good 10 to 15 to 20 minutes to cross that bridge that, that reminds me of going to New Orleans coming from New coming from Mississippi to New Orleans and oh and New Orleans have a bunch of bridges right it's got the long bridge that's like it's got the long kind of highway basically it's like a bridge highway um, it's got like the the, the swamps and we're well, not swamps, but like like water, river or something like that. But, yeah. But in in the city, there's like the big like you know, uh, bridge with the I forgot what you I don't know what you call them things with the point of thing, but you know they're made to be lift up 
for like boats and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, it's those um, tower bridges. You know, that's it, it, that's within the city that you know at a certain time they need to lift up in order for boats to pass by, and then they drop off so that way traffic can go through. Yeah, yeah. I I used to live in downtown Miami, and they had that a lot. That there were a lot of those tower bridges for boats and cruisers and um and and container ships to pass by. I don't know why, but it does, it, it creates a heavy traffic, a heavy traffic. And sometimes I even hate that too. And then um, New Orleans also got, I forgot about this one because it, it's, I used to, you know, I used to, I drive there myself for shows back in like uh, during the um, spring and stuff. I drove myself to mm. New Orleans for a show. Um, But like my, um, when my, I forgot my, when going there with my parents and stuff, there was this steep ass bridge. It's basically like, Basically, like that, that I can't. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like it's basically like an arc. It's basically like driving on the arc. It feels yeah. like it's so steep. It Ooh. is like uh, it is like it's like a roller coaster. Oh, oh! That- <laughs> and I hate like what time it was traffic stopped over there. Like, give me off, <laughs> give me out of here. Yo, I can't imagine um uh the ones in New York. You know that? So, the- yeah. The New York City, you know that Manhattan is its own little island. In order to cross to Manhattan, you need to go through bridges. Like you blow up those bridges, there's no access to get to Manhattan. Yeah, it's um, we had a bad situation. Well, I wasn't here at the time. I heard about it. I, I, I lived, I lived vicariously through Reddit about the situation. But on um, Memphis, so I, I live in, I actually live in Arkansas. But I go through Memphis. Mm. I go to Mississippi to work. <laughs> But uh you what? It's like third of it. It's a third of it to drive though. It, it's it's not it's 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 tiring though for sure, but it's like it's doable. <laughs> That's all I say. Yo, but, okay, sure. But freaking um I I heard like people that work in Arkansas, a lot of people work in Arkansas commute to Memphis and stuff like that. Mm. But um but like it was at, it was one point where they had a uh they had a crack in the bridge, like the bridge had a crack on it, like the main bridge that like the use. No. And so they like had to cancel that. Like they basically had to like re- I guess they rerouted it or something like that, or had to like be be shit out of luck. I don't know. But like I know like the them bridges stop, are important. Stop, <laughs> All the bridges are important. Stop. Don't say that. <laughs> cracks on the bridge. Cracks on the bridge. Oh shit. Oh, oh no. Lord. You good? You good, mate? Yep, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Keep it going. Go ahead. Go ahead with your story. Let's 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 talk about Miami. Let's talk about Miami. I've been there once. <laughs> I've, been there. <laughs> I've been there once. Um, when was I, it's a real pretty shit. It's like I think it's one of the prettiest cities I've seen at night. But we we didn't get we didn't go there for a leisure trip. We didn't go there for, like well, it was a leisure trip. It was like, but we was basically you know how you have cousins, but you don't share cousins with them and stuff like that. We basically took our cousins, like my parents and stuff, they took like some cousins mm. to another family reunion. Yeah. And they was supposed, they were going to get paid to like sit up audio and stuff. But like, but like we just wound up driving to a whole nother family and we didn't even get to see much of Miami, but it was fun though. It was fun looking at, we did one night we did like drive. We went by the beach. I'm ha- I'm happy to hear that, that you experienced at least a bit of the Miami experience. Hopefully that's time you can come around, you know, it'll be like, you know, during Miami Music Week, you know, that you can come over and kick it, you know? Absolutely. It happens once a year um, during March, man. So 
If you really want to come to Miami and let me know, I, I could be your tour, man. How's those how's dubstep in Miami? Is it is it just mostly house music and yeah. stuff like that? Or is there like a dubstep scene? Nah, I, uh, I wouldn't call it a dubstep scene. I will probably call it more of a bass scene or yeah, because Miami is never too kind with bass overall. Like, no matter what bass you do. It, there, Miami was never the it factor for bass. It was always house all the time. But the people that do love bass and they do produce bass, they still kick it and it's still writing. It's just that they do it um, mostly on the upper north of Miami. So Miami, South Florida itself is, um, you got... Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and then West Palm Beach. Those are like the three major key points to South Florida, right? Yeah. Um, Fort Lauderdale is this is the closest one to Miami. So a lot of people who are into bass or do bass shows, they do it in the Fort Lauderdale area. And they do all the shows from Fort Lauderdale. It's cheaper. And everybody who's into bass, they can go to to those shows no matter what it's just that miami was never faint and once i started to be a promoter back in the days because i didn't know where how to how to network myself with people but I, when i became a promoter that's how i learned that bass music itself was never a thing and then when i started it it became a thing because that was the the festival trap era ah yeah so imagine when slander at it, I when slander loud pack, um, et cetera, et cetera, was into festival traveling carnage at its time, um, GTA, Fluster Damas, like I can name you a, a lot. Lucas, bro, Lucas, who's a Miami native, into it. Like the, you, you can name you can name it, man. That was the festival trap area. They they festival chat was well received in Miami, and I guess it's because festival chat was very close to hip hop and trap music overall. And that's how I feel about this kind of wook trap I hear a lot in the South, like a lot of like New Orleans, Jackson, Mississippi, right. uh, Memphis. I think like a lot of if you are like wook trap artists, I think you do real well in those cities. Yeah, um, a lot of people like this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It's something about trap music overall. It's well received in the southern area than it is in the northern parts of the of the country. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. But anything, anybody who does trap music is like, yeah, welcome. You know, and Miami was like that for a time. You know, Miami did embrace a lot the festival trap. You know, or a lot of hip hop artists would like to call it the EDM trap. You know, because it's. Because it's basically the trap beats, but it has drops, like heavy, nasty just. And this is their their perspective of it. And it's like, yeah, of course, you know, and we embrace it. We love it. But at, at, at a few times, it started to die out very quickly. And then it just like disappeared for, for a moment without us noticing. And then before, you know, when we tried to book dubs the artists over, people were like, eh, Miami, nah. Only only during Miami Music Week. When it's Miami Music Week or Winter Music Conference in Miami, that's the only time in which Dubset is like, yes, let's go. Because there's like a bunch of shows of various people who are trying to promote every day for the entire week doing Dubset shows. Like 
for example, the disciple takeover, um, the monster cat instinct, and then the shows that you know that I associate with with some of the people that are doing base shows. They're doing a lot of experimental bass, which is gotcha. which is basically hybrid trap music, but much more bass driven. And and you know it's not my cup of tea, but I fuck with it because everybody is embracing the dub set out of it and everybody involves dub set into it. So it's like, all right, I fight with you guys. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the only base that we got here, you know? Shout out to underground events. Those are the guys who are trying to keep base alive. That's what's up. And they keep and they keep it very locally. Like once in a while they want to bring um headliners, but they do bring the but they do bring a lot of the locals because it's a cesspool of locals here there into base, man. Like you'd be surprised how many local artists are here in Florida, you know? And it's amazing that sometimes some of these kids are being overlooked. And I hear their music and I hear their stories. I even interviewed them and I am welcome there. I wo- I always welcome up and coming artists to my show. I always welcome them and I always welcome locals as well, especially I seek them more than I seek big guys because I like to hear their stories a lot and I like to hear their struggles because it's true. It's real. And it's, and it's incredible that I find these guys who have a lot of talent than, than a lot of these, you know, quote unquote established artists, you know, and it surprises me that these guys don't get the same love or respect that they should. Yeah. And that makes me I mad. Was, I was listening to um Taboo's podcast the other day. He was talking about um he was talking with Hero Bus. Hero Bus said, said, like, you know, it's like if you're an established artist, you're basically gonna be playing catch up as far as production wise with like a lot of kids that just have like no like all the free time in the world. Like like Teenagers and stuff, yeah. Some of, maybe some college kids and stuff like that. You're yeah. always going to be playing catch up with these young cats that come out that just like just keep shifting like the the sonic paradigm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I feel I feel like a lot of the innovation does come from the underground. But I feel like I now one thing I feel like struggling with is like mm. I want to be, you know, I I want to be innovative as much as I can be, but also you know I don't want to like, um. Uh, make my music undanceable. I feel like that's priority number one. Like when I started, I started as a DJ. I wanted to like make music so I could DJ it and stuff like right. that. So definitely want to, like I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate like the Porter Robinson approach, you know, just making like good music, good electronic music that's kind of like, hey, this is for your vibes and you like, yeah. oh, here's some technicality to it, music technicality and stuff like that. And I, I want to like, you know, I want to vibe, you know, and be, Embed what's the word I'm looking for? Fuse like you know, um, jazz and R and B and stuff like that. But my does step too. But you know, I also want to make sure it's danceable. I feel like you know, my first the first time I rebranded, first year of rebranding to Mike Shift. I feel like um, I wanted to, I, I was trying to be too different sometimes because sometimes mm. you know I wanted to. I feel like sometimes I made I sacrificed danceability with certain stuff, and I feel like this year it's been kind of tough. Like trying to make stuff danceable but not boring as well, mm. and make sure I'm not sacrificing um, like like interesting ideals for yeah. danceability, and make sure I'm not sacrificing uh danceability for the other, vice versa. Yeah, 
And I feel like at the end, those are the those are the ones that are, are gonna last long. Those are gonna be the ones that are gonna be no legacy known. Those songs that you say that I don't wanna I don't wanna make it sound like, oh yeah, I'm pleasing people. I'm making it sound that it's pleasing myself. Those are the songs that I go test the time, bro. So yeah. oh, like I mean, look at fucking Porter Robinson. Like if you hear a Porter Robinson song, not all of his songs are danceable. Yeah. They're all and and they're all the majority of them are all vibes. And yet people still fuck with it, you know? Yeah, it's it's a I wanna I wanna say it's an enigma, but it's like real cool. It's like real cool. I haven't seen a show yet, but I think I'm gonna have like I'm gonna probably become a stan if I if I if I go to a Porter Robertson show. I'm probably gonna be like a like a like a, just a straight stand for him. Uh, that's exactly what happened to me um years ago in 2015. I went to Ultra and I went straight to the live stage for Porter Robinson. And it was in an amphitheater. So I see people vibing or, you know, dancing or doing their plur shit and finger cropping and whatnot. But I stand there and I saw him performing and he performs from one song to another by finishing their song. He doesn't DJ it at all. He And he adds melodic shit on top of his origi- original song to make more flavor to it. You just embrace it, bro. You literally embrace his music and it, and it just feels like a different vibe, bro. It feels like, dude, you're taking me into a journey. That's what it is. You're taking me to a journey through your song. Like there's no way to dance around it, and and yet he's still he's st- like bro. Years later, he's still playing his music. That's and, what's up. And people still go to his shows. People still go to his shows, listening to the same songs, and he still interacts with them. And he goes live about it. You can make songs that makes people want to dance, absolutely. And at the same time, you can make songs that. It doesn't involve dancing. You can do both. And there's no right or wrong on doing it. As long as you don't lose your identity behind it, as long as you don't lose your sound. Right. At this point, you can do whatever you want, man. Absolutely, man. Like, how many times have we heard a lot of artists that make heavy bangers, like banger bangers, all of a sudden, you hear them doing um a weird glitchy sound and you're in a real glitchy song and you're like what the fuck what is this and this is not danceable but okay they did this like if they did this like okay i fuck with it. like perfect sample my boys modestead shout out to josh and pat man um they're they're one of their eps i think it was the beginning ep the last song was not a banger i don't consider it a banger but i fucked the vibe of the song because it was it was just very experimental and very weird uh, how to get to it. Because the first three songs, it was like headbanging all the fucking time, right? But then the last song is more like, all right, get the vibes, chill with it, you know? And they still play that song during the sets. They find a time in which they, they play it around and they just like, that's how we that's how we nail it. You can, you you just have to find the balance to it, you know? You need just need to... Yeah. To find the perfect like medium for you to go ahead and do that wild stuff, you know. But there's one thing I w- will tell you: 
do not, and I repeat, do not ever like question yourself on making a song, whether it's a banger or not. Like, no, make whatever the fuck you want, man. If that's what you feel making it, do it, bro. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Like, no, you're a bass, bro. You shouldn't be doing that stuff. Like, <laughs> like why? Who are, you, who are you to tell me what I can or cannot do? If I tell you how many house songs I've ever done, you'll be surprised, you know? And I'm and I'm more about a bass head, you know? Like, look, yeah. dude, circling back, I get to my bro, and I, I feel like I'm I'm his biggest simp. Jesus Christ, he's going to laugh about it every time I call out his name, but my boy, Needy Greedy. Like, don't you think Needy has changed the game overall for artists? Like, the fact that he started out as a trap, as a festival trap when it when the that when the era was around, then he does dubstep, then he does future bass, then he does some pop, then he does some reggae, reggae rock, and then then the then he does some house, then goes back again to dubstep, then goes back again to the future bass, then does melodic dubstep, then it like, dude, like even he has his own side project, you know, side piece. And it's all house driven, yet he's also nitty gritty as this, you know, dub set, but also does house into his sets and does other crazy shit. Like that just tells you there is no limit to music or whatever you want. You do what you want. Right. Nobody should ever question you like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, no. If this is what you want to do, if this is what you feel like I want to do this type of style, and once in a while, I want to fuck with this style. Right. And you and you find a way to incorporate it into your sets. There is always a way. And my sets, bro, you think that my sets are all dub set? Like, t- whenever you get a chance, t- take a look at some of my um, earlier day live sets. And you'll hear, I go, dub set, house, trap, dub set, melodic stuff. Like, there, there, there's like, there's beats of peace out of it, you know? And I make it... I make sure like it doesn't sound like, oh, it was all so sodded. Like, no, no. Like it was meant to be. It was meant to be after this song, I was putting you this house and you don't realize it. It's it's one of the cool things to do when you're a DJ and when you're, you know, a producer that you find cool ways to be creative and stand and stand apart from others. Because that's another thing too. You want to stand stand apart from other people. You don't want to be known as like, oh yeah, my shift. I heard of that guy. You know, he sounds like um so and so. You know, like you don't want that. You want to know right. as like, oh yeah, shit. I heard my chick. My shift does this gnarly shit, bro. And then he does some other shit. Like, dude, the guy is going places. That's why you want to be well known about it. Known as right. your that nobody can associate you with anybody. They can only associate you with you. I know it's a weird way of me saying it, but it, it that's how it's supposed to be, you know? And I really like the whole concept that you're doing with this whole V2V, man, because you now you're incorporating of things that people would normally would not would not implement it, you know? Maybe they're too scared to do it. Maybe they're like, I don't know, man. Like, or maybe like, yeah, but I don't want to. Like, but you could be the you could be the one mic shift, the one that does this. The path that yeah, you're man. going is. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm kind of nervous, like how um if I can like you know I feel like I don't know I'm just nervous about like trying something different like this so to speak. But at the same time, you know I, I feel like this is kind of what I want. 
Oh, I say like, I feel like anime in general, like I tried to incorporate anime into my brand in other ways right. before. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of DJs and producers are weebs. I think. They oh, absolutely. Them. A lot of them. A lot of like, look at Must Die, bro. Must Die like, is one of, one of the biggest uh, because he, all his songs are all incorporated with something anime related or manga related. Yeah. And Snails is also another person who's a weeb, like who, who was, who's a nerd before this whole shit started you know like if you you'd be surprised how many people like f like us that we fuck with animes and mangas and do some cool shit and whatnot and and sometimes some of my sons when i would i name a song most of the time i name it something anime related like raf if you get if you have a chance take a look at my song raf in soundcloud or in spotify Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's a very tear out metal step track, but the name itself and the concept of, of it came from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Hey, I like I like this show. I watched uh, Brotherhood. I kind of want to watch the original to see how they made it different, but I, I just hadn't had the time. Brother Brotherhood is like the best thing ever. Like Brotherhood, like they went exactly like the manga, and the story is just like Nets level. I love it. When I watched the original all the way to the end, even to the movie Conqueror of Shambhala, I can see the direction there's, but it's, it's completely different. And it's like, I, it became, it became weirder at the, like at the end of the, of the series. And then the movie itself was weird as, as it is. Because it, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it to you much about it, but, it's funny. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny that when they animated Brotherhood, because uh, again, fans demanded that they want to see Brotherhood. They want to see Brotherhood. They didn't want to see the original, even though original was good. It was well received. Brotherhood was like, yeah, we want to see Brotherhood. And it's funny that a lot of people who's never seen Brotherhood or never seen Full Metal Atlas, when they saw Brotherhood, there were times in which they they say like, dude, I don't understand where did this character came from. Or what is this character? Or, or what? What? What about this blood? Like how? How did we know it was from this and that? And I tell people it's like, oh, that means you haven't watched the original anime, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, had I to was definitely, definitely lost. I was like, wait, wait, wait. There's another uh, deadly sin person. Yeah, exactly. It it's and it's because um in the original anime they were very detailed about you know, the backstories about certain stories, you know, like, like the whole, um, you know, the, do you remember in Brotherhood, there was this guy, I forgot his name, but he, he was with Scar and the girl the whole time. And he has, like, he had a long mustache that, yeah. he, that he looked like he's a, he's the type of guy that he's a weasel. Yeah. Well, there's an, there's an episode that explains uh, why he's a weasel like that. And why he and why he was like that. There's literally an episode in the original anime, which is funny because if if you've never seen it, the original, then you completely lost. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, and and a couple of the sins as well. They changed the sins a lot as well. Some of them they kept it for brother or the original. I don't know where they came from for, but some of them they kept it. But some of the backstories itself, it was just like you didn't know it came from this. You didn't know that it's because in the original series, they did explain it. That's why I have to tell her like, well, 
try to watch the original so that way you understand those episodes. I think I had a friend that said that, yeah, I think I did, but I didn't listen. <laughs> but uh, I, I just kind of want to get like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've gotten to the like, I, I think I, I picked up a good and bad habit. I tried to do an anime podcast. so I tried to like get mm. used to watching stuff all the way through and getting through it pretty quickly. Mm. So I, 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 a lot of times I'll try to like, you know, speed run the animes and stuff like that. I was like, oh, oh, Brotherhood is a speed run of the whole thing. So I, I'm going to just start at Brotherhood. But it's like, yeah, like you said, I did miss some key details, I think. Yeah, Brotherhood. I mean, and it's not Brotherhood. There's a bunch of animes who, who does that too, you know. Uh, it's be, And most of the time, the, the excuse was it's because um, the manga hasn't finished. So they had to make up some shit. And that's why they got the series that they got, you know. That's why they didn't do that with Dragon Ball Super and Black Clover because those mangas hasn't been finished. So they say, like, let's just take a hiatus right now. Let's pause it. Wait until the manga's done. And then we can come back and 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 finish the animation based on the manga. Because they don't they didn't I I heard this a lot. They didn't want to do the whole full metal alchemist route in which they had to make up some shit. And then people will be like demanding about, no, it's not from the story. It's not from the manga. You just messed it up. Like they don't want that negative connotation. So it's like, all right, let's just pause it. And then wait until they're done. And it's like, all right, then we can do it. Yeah. I wish they could have done that with the game of Thrones series. It's like, if they would have just like (laughs) pause it and wait until the guy decides to finish this, then maybe we could have a better ending, but Orel was just so rushed and it was bad. It was just like, great. And this is why we wait for shit. (laughs) I'm interested to see what they do at the end of Attack on Titan. I heard some people didn't like the ending. I kind of, well, I I actually got it spoiled, but I'm not going to say what what, what I heard happened. Just spoil it. I've already watched the ending. I I already know what it is. And I know. Yeah, the freaking, um, Mert, I just heard. I just heard like the the he basically Aaron basically killed eighty percent of the Earth. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, I've heard stories. Yeah, I've heard stories that that the animation um uh, will probably have a different ending. I um, hope it does. I mean, I just hope you know. I just hope we get if it. You know, I just hope if. I mean, the ending itself in the manga wasn't bad to me. It was like the just meets the ends. Like it's the whole Batman quote, you know, you you either live as you either die as a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's what Eren became, you know, he became the villain. And then he and then for those who were close to him, they he died as a hero. Because they all know why he had to do it. He had to become the villain so that the whole world be- can become one and start, you know, s- stop fighting racism with each other, stop fighting, killing each other. There's like, all right, we have a common enemy. He had, they had to do it. it. He had to do it because it was the only, it was the only radical way to do it. Um, because if not, then, sh- then his people will die. And that's the last thing that he didn't want. He didn't want his family, his friends to die. All because of a bigger country than their island. So that's, he had no choice but to do that. Um, I don't know. I feel like the ending itself, like how, how it happened, I feel like it's okay. You know, I can't complain. It's, 
It's okay. It's a good ending. I won't say it's the worst ending. I've seen worst endings from worst uh, from great animes. Like I've seen it worse. This ending was just like it had to happen. It had to happen. You know. So we can't complain about it. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see in the anime if, if they actually really do fits the ending and make it better. We'll see. I, um. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they probably could have gone a different way for sure. I I just don't know much about it. Like I still wanted to kind of like mm-hmm. have some enough to like digest. Like I didn't I didn't go deep into it. It just I was watching a video and it just it just popped up. Mm. But I was like, you know, I'm just let it ride. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to see how how they adapt it for sure. It kind of were my own opinions. Yeah, I guess you know. Stretching. <laughs> it was still, it's still good, you know. It, it, I mean, I guess we'll see, you know. The one thing I do want to, I want somebody to fix is fucking Boruto. Because they butcher my man Naruto, man. Fucking Boruto. Boruto is like the worst show I've ever seen. And I thought that, you know, the manga adaptation of it will take hold of it. But the, the, the effort takes an entire month to give us one chapter. Yeah. And then you got the series itself that they just want to capitalize after Naruto Shippuden. And my God, they literally make my boy Naruto and Sasuke and all the rest of the guys like weak little pussies. <laughs> and that pisses me off because like there's no chance in hell that these motherfuckers fought a fucking war and fought a godlike being for them to be in the show be like pussies. Like, nah, <laughs> nah, bro. Like, you can't do them dirty, man. I don't know if you've already seen the Boruto or if you read Boruto. I, I watched the first few episodes, but I, you know, I think that was like Filler City, basically. It That's, uh, no, it's no longer Filler City. It's Filler Show. It's an entire <laughs> Filler Show. So there, there's only like a few episodes, a few key episodes that are like tied to the manga. And then there's the few episodes that are, are in the manga. And then everything else is just a filler. Like wow. they did the opposite of of Naruto Shippuden, in which it was like a lot of episodes are from the manga, and then you got these few arts that are fillers. They literally reversed the roles in this, in which a lot of arts are fillers, and then a few episodes are manga. That's that is insane. I didn't even realize it was that bad. It was. It's that bad bro it's that bad bro like it got to the point i stopped watching boruto because i just can't i cannot deal with it bro i really can't and i said to myself i'm only gonna watch manga episodes that's it i'm not gonna because everything else is just bullcrap you know oh you know it's personal growth and it's per- you know seeing how boruto became this powerful as well it's like well that's great and all but don't do my man dirty by saying Naruto is the weakest person ever. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, bro. I, I got I got so mad at that show that it's like, I'm not, no, I'm not watching it again until it's a manga. Until the chapters are already cut up or until they finish the chat the the manga series again. Not watching that shit. No, sir. Especially how they tease it. They, that's what pisses me off. They tease it with the first episode. With the whole time skit. You remember that first episode? Like, yeah, yeah. that Boruto yeah. was like fighting somebody, and then all of a sudden you see Konoha all fucked up and destroyed. 
I was like, holy shit, we're going to see this? Holy fuck, how the hell did this happen? All right, let's get to it. 200 episodes Yay. later, and we're still having got to that story. That's what I saw, too. I was like, okay, this might be interesting. No. I ain't going to lie to you. I, I experienced most of Naruto from the video games, like the Storm series. Yeah. I, I, I played a lot of that. Um, But I saw so I did miss out, but it, I know they do. They adapt a few things differently. Like, I didn't know, like, basically, I think the biggest... Thing I heard about, well, not the biggest thing, but just one thing I heard was like the whole the, when all the Kage's fought Madara. Yeah, like it, it was a lot more. It was I, I heard it was like more one sided in the anime in an original. Like yeah, it was just like yeah, a- it, <laughs> bro. In the in the yeah 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 the video game, it, obviously you have to win. You know, like in the video game, it it definitely shows. You know, like there's definitely. A battle of Goliath, you know, like both like Mara is equal to these five Kages and you can see like each of them struggle, but they try to triumph up in the fucking anime and manga. It shows how much Madara is a truly it was definitely one sided in which Madara just murt, murt everybody. And every time somebody tries to, to go up of one on him. He somehow just goes plot convenience and becomes like, I'm OP all around. Madara, overall, <laughs> he's OP. He's OP. And I and I love, I love his, like, I love that the show itself, Madara as an evil villain from the start of Shippuden, that they, you know, from the start of Shippuden, they say, like, you have the same nice as Madara Uchiha, who's, who everybody's like, who the fuck is Madara Uchiha? And then throughout the show, it shows you, like, this is Madara, and this is Madara, the only person that can go toe-to-toe with the first Hokage because nobody can go. And his name itself became like fear itself, you know? Yeah. That's why I like when like, you can take it slow like that and build up some like that. Yeah. When they build a character like that and then they give him the name and then they, and then they put him out there to show him why he was known to be or feared by that's amazing. That that was great. I just hate how they kill him out of nowhere. All, all because of plot convenience. It's like, well, this guy's too OP. How are we going to defeat him? Plot convenience. That's how we're going to defeat him. I was hearing about that. I was hearing like some of my high school friends, like before before we got to the war art. Yeah. Before before we got right into the no, no, we was right in the war arc. I forget how long that was. That was a long guard, wasn't it? Oh, no, the war arc was just ridiculously long. That was just way too much. Even even the, when you read it in the manga, the manga itself is long as it is. I'm like, what the fuck? Can we just get over with this fucking war? Like, <laughs> holy shit. No, it's definitely one of the longest arts that Naruto has ever had, you know? Yeah, no, it, it, the, they did a great job with the, him and the war arc, but I just hated how they killed him. I just yeah. hated how they killed it. And he was OP. He was one of those anime villain oh, that's completely OP. There's no way. And I hate when a lot of these animes, they kill the OP person by nerfing him, by by doing something that, that, that entitles the plot. So that way it's like, aha, this is how we do it. It's like, that's some bullshit, bro. <laughs> straight. No, straight up, bro. Like, I hated how they kill. And then all of a sudden, you got this fucking villain out of nowhere is like Kaguya Otsutsuki and she's like oh no she's the main bad guy I'm like when 
When was this character development happen? When do we know that she's actually an evil villain? We just yeah. found out about her not too long ago in the war arc. We didn't know anything about her. Versus Madara that's being built from the start of the series. Like, I hate when they do that. Because if you're yeah. trying to you're trying to force yourself on a, a story that has no bare meaning. And you kill a character for, for, for plot conveniences. That's like probably one of my gripes out of the show. Other than that, the show itself is amazing. I hope they still... I'm, so I'm not... I haven't read One Piece but uh, or anything. I, I've only watched like a few arcs and yeah. scenes and stuff. Yeah. But like, I hope they stick the landing on that because I know a lot of people, a lot of people, it's like their favorite anime, manga. Yeah. One Piece, I, I'm I'm starting to catch up with One Piece. I'm already hitting the last arc, the Wano arc. It's not the last arc, but it's the, the most recent one in the manga and the anime. Yep. I I've, I have heard that, you know, that the the creator, he says that the ending is still the same. That he hasn't changed the ending. Like getting to the ending probably has changed, but the ending has always been the same ending since the since the very beginning of the show. So we hope that the ending itself live up to it to the expectations at that point. But yeah, like right now, um, One Piece is just like One Piece is another long anime like fucking a thousand episodes of like if you haven't catch up bro they yeah bro you got a long way to go like like i don't know how you're gonna speed run one piece with this especially uh, that's another thing that i do not like about one piece i don't like one piece for the fact that in one episode it takes it one no it's not one episode one full arc takes five minutes to do something i hate that bro I hate because it's like, oh fuck, it's Dragon Ball Z all over again. I oh. need they need to make a one piece Kai. That's what I need. A one piece Kai. <laughs> I feel so too. I feel they need to make a one piece Kai or a um or a one piece um movies, you know, like TV yeah. movies. Like, you know, yeah. skip all the bullshit and you got it right there. Yeah, that would be real. That would be clutch. They did one for um Wapool, I think. I think they only did that one for Wapool. The walk the the island, the ice, the snow island thing. Oh, I don't know if they I don't I haven't checked it. I know they did one previous than that, like in the early days when they were fighting with against Killer Croc. Like that whole um desert shit. Like they did they did a movie for that because I I I bought the movie, I remember. They did that and they literally skipped the, the moment when they they made they met Ace. They literally skipped the the Ace part altogether, and it just was straight to the source to the to the to the main to the main arc. You know, I was like, "Wow, okay, well, this is the fastest way to do this." I matter. I wasn't mad about it. At least I got I got my ending. Like I like, oh, there you go. They finished the ending. Perfect. This is exactly what I needed to know. Perfect. I'm done. That's it. I hope they could have done that on every other fucking arc. Yeah, they would have saved me the time. <laughs> I'm about to get ready to get some lunch. It's been it's been fun, man. Oh, absolutely, it's man. It's been great, you know, having a talk with you, brother. And I appreciate you coming over to the show, man. I really do. I will I'll I'll say you this. Three more questions and we can wrap this up right now, man. It will be All nice right. and quick. This question that I ask this to everybody. Why is it that you um you call yourself Mike Shift? Like what was the origin behind it? It's very I would say complex, I guess. 
that I, you know, I try to condense it down. I feel like that it has, I would say it has, I, I say branded meaning has a difference, but the, the me meaning has a, another difference. But I would say uh, like makeshift, like it comes from, well, some of, okay, I, I'll just do like, I say it came from three things, but I'll just say the mm. one I try to like, I, I feel like satisfies me and what satisfy other people. Yeah. Not sad, not just to please people, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, make, so Mike Shift comes from makeshift, the weird makeshift. And I was just wanted to, um, I feel like the, when I got started producing that, I, I feel like I didn't have like, you know, the best state of the art equipment or mm. I didn't have like the best mentors on this and that or whatever. Mm. But, you know, I tried to make it work with what I had. So I tried to like, you know, it's like when you have a, um, so I use my dad's computer. It wasn't no fancy laptop or anything like that. It was just mm. like a simple lap, laptop, barely. And then I had um, FL Studio. I had the demo version. So I would basically like, my dad would just let me keep the demo version up to uh, do FL Studio. Mm. So, um, the next hour he'll be at work. He'll have FL Studio running, slowing his computer. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I come back to the song and finish it. You know, I only had I had I didn't want to keep it on there for too long. He didn't want me to be on there too long. Yeah, with the, with the projects and stuff. So I had I, I tried to finish songs as much as I could. You know, I didn't have feel like I didn't have a lot of uh tools and stuff. But I feel like gradually I get different things. Mm. You know. And I have, but some things I don't have, I, I find like a makeshift replacement for it, so, so to speak. So I feel like that kind of uh, philosophy, kind of like, you know, making doing the best you can with what you got uh, works well. Like, or, you know, also just being kind of made of different parts. So that's why I like, I got a cyborg. This, I feel like it kind of encapsulates that concept. Like, mm. hey, my arm got blown off, but I got a new arm. <laughs> I got a makeshift arm. That'll work for now. Might get a better arm later. I, I, I'm. I think that's the gist of it. I think. Okay. I think this. I think this. Yeah. I think yeah. This. I love it. I love it, man. I appreciate you telling me that story, man. What has been your greatest accomplishment up to now? I would say. Um. I feel like this. That's an easy one, but like uh, the, the, the excision and base initiative thing for sure. I think this. It on the stick, so to speak. So far. Yeah. You know, excited to play Lost Lands and Base Can and stuff like that. That's fucking dope. And I I hope that you continue on with this path, man. One last question and we can wrap this up, man. But before we get to this question, I wanna I wanna give you the one more time the opportunity. Is there anything in particular that you wanna ask me about the industry or the ins and outs or anything that involves around it that you weren't aware of that you wish somebody would tell you? What's something that you think um newcomers don't think about that they should? What's something that newcomers think that they should? Never stop making music. Do not tempt yourself by going to promoters or anybody that tells you I can make you I can put you on the map very fast because there's always a quick cool pro behind it. And most of the time it involves you to to work for free for them. And you spend hours of uh, helping them so that way they can put you on a show and then your name is out there. Those hours could be gone through sound designing or crafting your yourself or master crafting your your music or making your music to to the level of uh, not perfection, but near its perfection that it could be like 
oh shit, this song could be played by so-and-so. Just stick with your music, man. Do not go yourself with promoters or whatnot. Like it's, it's not that I say it's a waste of time. It's just that your time is much more valuable than theirs. And you want them to look at you. You don't want, you don't want, you want them to look at you. You don't want, you don't want you looking at them so they can look at you. Like, nah, you don't have to do that. Let them find you. Let them look at you because you're the price. You're the product. You're the one that they want you to book. Now that you got this whole thing that's happening with Lost Lands, a lot of people are going to start looking at you. And a lot of people are going to start reaching out to you. That's exactly what you want. You want people to look at you, not the other way around. And it's something that we, that nobody taught, taught us about it. And I wish somebody would let me know about this early on before I found out about this later on in my career. Now that I have the ability to tell this to someone else, I will tell them that. Let them look at you. Always l- let them look at you. Don't ever look for anybody else. Same concept with if you're trying to get yourself represented by a, a manager or an agent, you don't look for them. They look for you. That's how it works. Right. And it's always been that concept. Um, something that you should always look up to is I'd never stop making music. Do not ever look for somebody. Let them look, find you. Let them, let them have the... F- the the discover I discovered this guy you know quote yeah. unquote yeah bro and I feel like this is much more crucial and important read your contracts read uh, your fucking contracts man because I can't stress this enough um how many times I've heard or I've seen people not reading the contracts and they sign away and they didn't know what deep hole they got themselves into. I've dealt with it. I've met people who've dealt with it and they're still dealing with it. And I tell people, why did you send this to your lawyer? I can't afford a lawyer. You rather, you you would rather pay a lawyer $200 to read a contract than to owe somebody thousands and thousands of dollars, you know? That is some that is a big mistake that a lot of big up and coming producers or artists, up and coming artists overall do because they don't because they see the money. They see the money firsthand right there, right in the spot. And they see that it's real, but they don't see that these advancements are are loans in a way. They don't tell you it's a loan, but it is a loan because they say that you need to pay that back plus interest. How do yeah. they how do they pay you back? Well, by making songs, by making tours, by making this and that, by making sure your song is number one. And that's a big mistake that sometimes they don't do this, you know? They don't read the contracts. And I tell you, I, I've seen it so many times that I, st- I still see it to even to this day. So if you ever had a contract sign written up for you, tell them, thank you. Let me look at, let, let me look this up. Let me contact my lawyer and they can read it up. If they come to you, it's like, no, you get this deal only comes once once you leave this out of the building. It's like, all right, then bye. There's <laughs> going to be more. There's going to be more contracts. There's, there's always going to be more. Absolutely. Don't ever sign a contract for, on the first date. Like never. Yeah. Have the contract. You read it. And even if you read it, you still don't understand. Just read it. Just at least mark the stuff. I don't understand this. And when you take it to a lawyer, the lawyer will Spell it out right for you. Oh, this means this. This means this. Do you want this? No? Okay. And you tell them, they'll tell you all that stuff. And then once they're done, 
you sell like, well, I didn't like this part. Can, is there a way to negotiate it? It's like, yeah, let me just write down the stuff that you need to, to tell them to negotiate or change. And that's how you do good business by negotiating. You never sign anything on the first stop. You negotiate what you want. You know, you may not right. get what you really wanted, but you can work around to get something that you deserve to get, you know? Right. And, 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 and even, even if the unlikely scenario, like, okay, I still cannot afford a lawyer. There's um websites like legal zone and whatnot that, that can give you an affordable pricing for a lawyer that they can just read up the contract and it doesn't cost you like $50 or something like that. That is my biggest advice that I'll give to somebody, to an up-and-coming producer who is trying to get themselves wet in the industry. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. One last thing, and, and we'll end it right here on the silver lining. Let's just say that you're walking down and all of a sudden you're being zapped out into virtual reality. Now you are your own avatar. Yeah, this is good. And they tell and then a, a fairy comes out of nowhere and they tell you, you might shift. We need your help. We, I'm sorry that we zapped you into our world, but it's you and only you can help us out. You're like, okay, man, let's take care of business. And he's like, but we want to let you know, we don't know how long this is going to be solved. So I suggest you write a piece of paper and write three pieces of advice that you'll give to somebody if they ever come across. What are those? Free pieces of advice. So let's say like this would be like for a significant other or like parents or something like this. Like a significant other. Somebody who's trying to say like, oh, uh, um, I want to be like you or I want to be like a music producer. I want to be an artist. Just general, okay. general advice like that. Gotcha. Keep working on music. Like like spend a lot of time on music. Try to um try to balance it out. It's, you know, I feel like it's better if you were able to like just be like focus like that be your hobby like if you're in high school or something mm -hmm. like that i feel like it's good if that's like one of your few hobbies but don't neglect to like go hang out with friends be social that's what i would say be very social be as that's social good. as you can mm -hmm. possibly be if you don't have a car i understand that because I, I didn't have a car for a while so it was very difficult we lived like outside of the town the high school town but like try to be as social if you in school be as social you can don't focus on I tell also second advice, don't focus so much on trying to get a girlfriend. Mm. Focus more on trying to build just general connections. Cause that's gonna like, I mean, I guess this is the same as the first advice, but like, you know, but don't focus so much on the girlfriend. If you want a girlfriend, that's gonna come through like I would say just finding people with similar interests, which you you'll be doing if you're socializing. You'll yep. be finding people with similar interests. Yeah. And you just, you know, try to be involved, try to have like so producer is not a very social hobby unless you're DJing. But if right. you, but be producer, but also try to find like something you could do, like maybe balance that like out. Two or three hours on the weekend or something. Right. Like, like, hey, like uh this is a boys club or 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 like a um bowling alley. Let's go to the bowling alley, let's join the bowling tournament and stuff. Yeah. But it just just get out there. I think every all this all I can say, like work work on music, balance it out socialize this you know this this how this my big advice bro i cannot ask you anything more man those are great great advice man and i heavily emphasize those because i currently don't do those uh, the, the the advice that you just give i currently live with it man and i know what it is what it's like you know when when you really want to have a girlfriend and whatnot i've been through that stage we all have eventually it's gonna come to you man you just have to be patient. But before you get to it, you need to learn to love yourself before you start loving others. 
and do the stuff that you're passionate about, you know? When you do right. stuff that you're passionate about, someone out there is going to find the similar, you know, interest on you and they'll, you know, invest on you and then things will go off, man. It it, it just happens. It's 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 like a gravity. It's it's a law. It will happen. But you can't you can't force it out and you can't just pretend to like, you know, want wait it out. Like no, be patient, just work on yourself and then things will move the way how it should, you know. The universe has right. a plan for everybody. The universe has a plan for everybody. We Sometimes they'll throw us some obstacles and we just have to learn how to overcome them. But once we do, the rewards are great. This is great, man. Thank you very much for coming over to the show, man. And thank you for doing this on a, on a shortly notice on, in the early in the morning, man. Thank you. Thank you for um, having me. Like I, I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate the um, scheduling and helping me with the scheduling and everything. Of course, man. I, and obviously, man. And if I'm I'm a, a DM away for anything, man. If you got some other questions or you got some other concerns or people trying to reach you out and, and, and you're looking for some advice, man, please do not hesitate and not hit me up. Just hit me up. I'm I'm a DM away. Whatever you need, man, I'll I'll try my best to help you as much as you can, man. I appreciate that a ton. I, for, for real, though. Of course, man. Thank you for coming over to the show. Before we leave, plug yourself out. Let the people know where they can follow you and what they can expect from you in the future. You can find me on uh, YouTube, Mike Schiff. You can find me on SoundCloud, uh, Patreon. That'll help me out a ton. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Instagram. I'm big on Instagram. Instagram is probably like my favorite Mm -hmm. social media to use but I don't know now since they're changing a lot of stuff but I, I got some ideas coming with a lot of stuff to do with my avatar yeah. um, but you, every now and then I'll, put, I'll poke my real head in I'll, I'll do a face reveal every other week yeah <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah come, definitely come see me at Lost Lands come see me at Base Canyon absolutely um, You'll see, I'll put, I have some videos. I have a video coming out today. Well, today's Monday as we're recording this, but it is, it'll be out. I think that video and another video will be out on YouTube. Um, so yeah, keep it locked on there. Um, and y'all have a good one. There you go, man. There you go. You guys already heard it. Thank you so much, Mike Shift, to come over to the show. And thank you guys for listening. Every, remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast. Okay. And that's with a V, guys. Remember that. Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover or you want my shift to cover, please let us know in the comments down below. And we'll do our best to cover on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you guys in the next one. All right? Peace.